It's there preparing. And we are live. We are live. Greeting champion parents. Welcome back to Mommy Talk. As always, we are here to share information and resources to inspire positive parental engagement. We are real, relatable, and right on time with Dr. Perk, Miss Lisa, and myself, Miss April. And we do have a few special guests. Um, our special guests are members of our awesome police department. And we definitely thank you for um, attending or being on our platform here at Mommy Talk. So we have um, Lieutenant Pastella Williams. We have Lieutenant Darwin Roach. Did I say that right? Roche, close enough. Okay, Roche, okay. Yeah, and then we have Officer Franklin, and then we have Corporal Ebony Powell. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. So we, uh, we're definitely uh, excited to have you all here. Um, you know, I have a, I have a deep love for, uh, for, the, for our police department, especially our Detroit um, officers. And uh, we really just wanted to have this conversation um, to give you guys a voice. And um, again, to point out something that is already known that of course, all police officers are not bad people, you know, um, obviously. Uh, so I think I wanna start, um, if it's okay, if I can start with uh, Pastella, um, just to tell us uh, a little bit about who you are, you know, as a uh, officer, as a parent, you know, tell us what you want us to know. <laughs> All at one time? Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thought you were going to ask questions. Okay, so Pastella oh, Williams. I will, I will but okay. this, you know, just an introduction. Yeah, so Pastella Williams, I'm with the Detroit Police Department. I'm a lieutenant. I've been there 35 years. Uh, currently, I work in our communication uh, section, which uh, means that we are in charge of um, the 911 calls that come in, as well as dispatching the scout cars to various runs throughout the city. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, and I'll go to uh, Corporal Ebony, if you can um, introduce yourself and um, tell us a little bit about what you do. My name is Ebony Powell. Uh, I've been with the police department. It'll be 22 years in September. I am a compliance liaison officer. I um, complete and am tasked to ensure that all our uses of force are done within guidelines of the department policy. So that's anytime a taser, uh, injured prisoner or anything of that nature. I'm tasked to ensure that everything is done properly. Okay. Okay. And then um, Errol Franklin, if we can go to you next. Okay. Um, I'm Officer Franklin. I've also been with the department for a little over 22 years. Um, currently, I'm a neighborhood police officer. I've been a neighborhood police officer since 2016. Uh, pretty much what neighborhood police officers do is um, be engaged with the community. Uh, for example, um, during the school year, we usually do a lot of programs in um, our six schools in our precinct, our six middle schools, like um, bullying, conflict resolution, the importance of having a father in your life. Um, we take the kids to the prison um, once a month. We take uh, the women to Huron Valley Prison to talk to lifetime inmates so that they don't make the um, same decisions they made getting in there. We take the boys to the reentry center down on um, Ryan Road. So we usually do that once a month when school was in session. But since the COVID, um, we had to put that program on a hold. But pretty much what I do is um, kind of liaison officer, um, deal with a lot of stuff with the community, do a lot of community events, um, backpack giveaways, just uh, different things. And also, we do a lot of things for the officers here to build up morale. Okay. Okay. And uh, Darwin? Hi, uh, my name is Darwin Roche. I'm a lieutenant with Detroit Police Department. I've been employed with Detroit uh, for 26 years. Uh, prior to working in Detroit, I worked for the Michigan Department of Corrections for a couple years. And I also was an officer in the Air Force. I retired after 10 years of doing that. Um, I've worked pretty much all up and down the spectrum of the department from admin to patrol to investigations. Currently assigned to communications over with Lieutenant Williams. I, uh, she's my, I direct report to her for issues that I have at my current command. So thank you for having me. 
Yeah, thank you. And thank you again for being here. So I want to kind of go back the rule. You know, I, I threw the first names out because I got stuck on the titles. So we have uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Pastella Williams. We have uh, Corporal uh, Ebony Powell. We have Officer Errol Franklin. And we have Lieutenant uh, Duran Roche. So I just want to make sure. Um, and, you know, I'll get it together. But I just said, once I mess up, I said, well, you might as well be fair across the board. <laughs> so. Um, and you guys can kind of just jump in, but I want to know what led you into uh, law enforcement. Any, many, many, many. All right, I'll go first. Uh, okay. um, it just was something I always wanted to do when I was younger. Um, I kind of put it off on hold because um, people was like, I oh, don't be no officer. Um, you know, it's dangerous. So, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. Because people say, you're going to get shot, you're going to get killed if you become a police officer. Um, so, I, you know, I prayed about it, you know, um, and the Lord, you know, told me to become a police officer. And my thing, um, I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, if I ever get shot, please let it be in the hand or the leg or something. <laughs> so showed up in 2004, I got shot twice, once in the leg and once in the hand. Um <laughs> So I was like, Lord, you answered my prayers. I said if I got shot. So, you know, but just, you know, it was kind of a, a scary um, experience, but um, a lot of praying and stuff, you know, it's still my calling to be a um, police officer to serve. So okay. that's what I wanted to become a police officer because it's something I wanted to do ever since I was a kid. Okay, and I, I always wondered if the game Cops and Robbers like inspired most uh, kids to uh, be, want to become uh, police officers. What about you, uh, Lieutenant Roche? Um, what actually caught me is that I was in the military unit. I was in my military unit, and one of my sergeants, Arthur Green, he was a recruiter for DPD, and uh, he kind of pushed me. I was working for the Department of Corrections at the time, He's like, you know, we need more men like you on the job, you know, apply. And I kind of didn't want to be the police because when I was 16 years old, I was beaten by a police officer uh, in, front of Ketter, in front of Ketter High School. And the irony is that officer that assaulted me ended up working for me oh, wow. once I got on the department. So um, the best 26 years decision I ever made, I mean, uh, again, I can understand why they don't like us uh, for certain aspects, but Overall, it was more of a calling and a nudging. And so uh, I'm very pleased and honored to, you know, wear the, the badge of Detroit Police Department. Okay. And, and you brought up a very a, a great point uh, for uh, parents uh, to think about, uh, you know, to be, uh, when teaching your kids to be careful about the, you know, I tell my kids all the time, be careful about your bridges, the bridges you cross, because you never know when you got to cross back over oh, that same yeah. bridge. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so kudos to you for uh, <laughs> for the role change, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lieutenant Williams and Corporal Powell, um, I I kind of went to you guys after as far as that because uh, people always want to know what makes uh, you know by you being women, you know what makes women you know want to go into law enforcement, and we know that that's not uh, that it is more common now. You know, but um, there was a time, of course, where it was a male-dominated um, field. But you know, I can probably see a couple of officers and see it be, you know, thirty percent of women as well. So, um, as a a, a woman, um, what made you want to, you know, go in that field? Well, for me, um, I was in finance. I was in banking, and I just. I don't, I, I didn't want to grow up. I didn't grow up wanting to be the police officer. I just like people. And I didn't like being kept in a building all day. So I was, I would be in my office and I'm looking outside and I'm seeing people out and about. And um, I just decided at that point, you know, I will reapply because why I applied when I was in high school and my dad told me, no, you cannot do that. So I had to wait a few years and then I came on. And when I came on, I had to honestly say that I didn't look at it as a career until I had about 10 years on the job. And then I realized that this is more than just a job. And one thing that I always liked about being a police back then, which was like 35 years ago, is we had time to interact and engage with the, 
the young kids on the streets and stuff, we were able to stop mm -hmm. the car and get out and talk to them. And because of the climate now, I don't know how many officers have that opportunity to do it or they feel comfortable doing it or the citizens feel comfortable doing it. But I've always enjoyed just being with people and helping people. And this was the best job that I felt that it turned out to be the best job for me to do it. Nice. Okay. Corporal Powell. And for myself, it's funny that Lieutenant says that because I also was into banking prior to getting on the job. And my thinking was to get something better for us financially, initially. But once I got out there, like they taught us in the academy, some people is meant to call the police and some people are meant to be the police. And ironically, I feel like this is what I was meant to be. So I'm glad that I made the decision to join. Okay. So I'm listening to your different, uh, your different uh, scenarios or stories. And um, I am hearing, you know, uh, community, you know, uh, which is probably going to take me to uh, Officer uh, Franklin, but I'm hearing community for, from all of you all, you know, the, the love for people, you know, and the love to be uh, or to want to be of service. Um, Ebony, I like that. Or... Uh, Corporal Powell, I like that uh, where you said that uh, some people are uh, meant to call the police or what's the way? Say it one more time for some me. Some people were meant to call the police and some people were meant to be the police. Be the police. I like, okay, absolutely. And so I, I like that because, you know, that in any aspect or any career that you go into, it, you know, it's like that same mindset should, you know, kind of be exercised. So that's a, a, a great point. Um, so are, are all of you guys uh, parents are we our parents? Yes. 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 Okay. So, uh, which will lead me to my next question. So, um, we coined the term uh, "champion parents," um, and a champion parent basically knows that they are—they're not perfect uh, as a parent. But you know, um, me as a champion parent, I feel like my way is the way you know that goes on in my house, and I'm sure you all feel uh, the same way. So, as a champion parent, as a uh, officer of the law, um, how does your children fit into, you know, what you do? Or how do they influence your decision um, in what you do in protecting and serving and? Okay, for me, um, like I was a police officer before I had my kids. So I have five kids right now. Um, so my oldest kid, he's my oldest child is 22. He's in the academy now in his eighth week. Oh, so okay. he decided to take on law enforcement also. So I have three boys and um, two girls, boys 22, 20, and 19, and then my girls 13 and 11. So they know daddy is daddy, that daddy is not always a um, police officer. You know, when you come home, it's time to be daddy, to be a parent. Mm -hmm. But I've been married for 23 years, so... My wife made the sacrifice of leaving her job as a um, math teacher um, to raise our kids. And we worked it out to where I'm working and providing and she could be at home with the kids all the time. And from that result, you know, all three of our boys are in college, they are doing well, no baby mama drama or anything like that. So kudos all of the Christians. So we trying to raise them the right way. Yep. That's right. Okay. Any other takers? Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in. I think uh, with my son, my youngest son, his mom and dad are both police officers. So uh, it's like a dual-edged sword because sometimes we see so much bad stuff out there that we try to be overprotective. But in the same way, um, we also, I just mentioned, just like, what uh, Officer Frank said is that, you know, being Christian, having those backgrounds and stuff like that. But we, we see a lot of stuff. So we, you know, we, we try to be overprotective, but then again, we allow them to be kids. Um, just one story and then I'll pass it on. It's even with uh, my kid plays, you know, cops and robbers, you mentioned with the guns and stuff like that, how to play guns and stuff like that. And so part of me did not want him to go out and play because I was thinking of Tamir Rice when the police officer pulled up on him and you know, shot the kid. And I was like, and he was like, well, I just want to play with my Nerf gun, what's the problem? But, you know, having those sort of things in our background, uh, 
tends to make you overprotective. But overall, I think uh, I can definitely separate the apple because, you know, it's God, family, and then it's my job. And I've never let that ever get above God and family. So, um, so we, we do a pretty good job. Okay. Amen. My, myself, I can just say most recently with the child, it's been a struggle with all the parents being able to stay home during the mm -hmm. pandemic. And my daughter is like, mom, why aren't you staying home? Well, we don't have that option. We have to get to work, rain, snow, sleet, hail, or whatever circumstances is. So um, I, we are a praying family too. So I just put everything in the Lord's hands. And we know we still do, as anybody who's friends with me on Facebook know, I pretty much make time for work and for family. And we just yes. balance it out. And um, my daughter is grown, she's 26. And like Darwin, she comes from <laughs> mom and dad or police. And so we didn't have any problems with her. You know, we didn't talk a lot of shop at home. Um, now I think I talk more to her about being safe and things, um, and what to look out for. And so, so much for that. And I think she's, she mentioned recently that She's glad that her dad and her mom were the police because she knows that there's good police officers out there. You know, she's not, she knows how how uh, we are, you know, as parents. And also when I do talk to her about my job, but I find myself more doing more now trying to keep her safe. She recently moved back into the city. And um, and so I said, OK, you're back in the city. So you have to understand that this is how you have to act. And I'm talking about just dealing with people, period, you know, and and so I'm more protective now than I was when she was growing up. Okay. You know? Okay. And so, um, you know, so that leads me to the point uh, where, you know, today there is so much going on, right? And it, I mean, 2020 came in with a bang and uh, it was just like one thing after the other. And I'm telling you, I never, I never saw any, of course, I don't know if anybody had any, you know, premonition that any of this was going to be happening, um, but it was just like a domino effect um, from, you know, from all the murders that happened this year, you know, uh, to the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the pandemic, and even now, you know, the issue with the schools and stuff that, that are going on as far as, um, you know, do we go face-to-face, -face, do we go virtual? Um, so there's a lot of things that's uh, going on in our nation. And it's not just the few people who are experiencing things, it's pretty much everyone. Um, so how has, how has this affected you and your family uh, from, like I said, from Black Lives Matter, from the pandemic, um, even the situations with schools, um, how has that uh, affected you? Okay, so I'm, I'll call on um, uh, uh, Lieutenant Williams. Okay, well, um, I'm I'm single, so I live alone. So I and she's off on her own, living elsewhere. So I don't have I don't have the school issue, you know. And I, you know, I just mentioned how she feels about um, Black Lives Matter. Basically, you know, she has her own views on that. Um, so I, I'm not, I don't have a lot to say about that because it really doesn't, I'm not living that life right now, you know, and as far as like the COVID, what I did have, like my brother was sick and in the hospital with COVID. And so now I'm his caregiver. So I'm, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's a challenge, but even doing that and working and, you know, just trying to survive through all of that is fine. But, you know, with Black Lives Matter, you know, we all probably feel about the same. We don't condone anything that we saw happening, you know, but I think people who are not in law enforcement really don't have an idea what we go through every day. And, uh, and that's something that, you know, the, the panel here will talk about, but it's difficult for us because, you know, you have the people that don't understand, you try to explain it to them while we have all our brothers and sisters in blue and we have to be supportive of them because we know how that we're not bad police officers, you know? Yes. And so it's, it's that, that balance act where you try to be empathetic to those who don't know law enforcement but we also have to support ourselves because we know what we go through every day. Absolutely. And I wanted to point out, um, uh, I remember when I first, when I saw the first uh, protest um, after the George Floyd uh, murder, when I saw the first one in Detroit, you know, because I'm like, oh, Detroit was doing, you know, pretty good. Um, you know, it kind of made me mad when I looked at uh, some of the, the protests because I felt that, 
um, those weren't all, you know, it wasn't all Detroit residents. And, um, right. and I didn't, I didn't like that. And I didn't like that. I felt like some of the officers were um, being, you know, picked on or, you know, agitated, um, if for lack of better terms, you know, so I, I really didn't like that. I'm all for the protest, you know, but I just didn't like some of the things that I saw. And unfortunately, you know, it just goes back to the point that you have uh, bad people sometimes um, that get in, in the way of good people and good people often pay for the things that bad people do. So, um, so uh, let's see, uh, uh, mm, amen. Let me say, um, I know um, to speak about the uh, protesting, when I, when I uh, viewed the protest, because I was driving around around the time, I was downtown, and I saw some of the protests. I saw one um, across from Hart Plaza and one on the freeway, I think 75. And it just seemed like Detroit wasn't a true representation. It was, you know, non-Detroiters, if I must say, who were um, protesting and being more so agitators. So of course, you know, um, it does that's definitely, they, they're not gonna see it as non-Detroit residents. They're gonna see it as Detroit residents who, you know, um, did these things so i definitely can understand you know um the plight of the police officers and you know i have police officers that are friends also and i understand you know there are bad police officers there are good police officers like it's bad people and good people so yeah yeah absolutely okay uh corporal powell um i think it's just been a for as far as black lives matter the pandemic a lot of conversations for peyton and i you know, just trying to explain to her, you know, what's really going on mm -hmm. and how to act, even as a 15-year-old. My, my biggest thing now is with the school, with this pandemic, it's as a champion parent, so you guys say, I have battled with myself about this in person. Well, they're doing hybrid where I live. So they're going to school two days out of the week and virtual for three. And I just said a prayer on it. And we are, with that being said, I think every family has to do what's best for their child and their family situation. That's right. It was a struggle for us those last three months um, doing school online versus in person. We got through it and we're going to get through this as well. But it is a challenge as a parent and as a single parent and have for me to have to come to work every day so we'll work it out but i'm sure i know i'm not the only one who's experiencing this because there's a lot of single parents out and just we'll get through it yeah okay lieutenant yeah, online platform can be challenging i can understand that for parents because you know it's a lot of information and you're trying to get acclimated to you know the school work and then have to balance your life so it can be much but like you said we're going to be get through it and there's resources available and although it seems like it's been forever it won't be forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely lieutenant uh yeah uh as far as the pandemic we we, we manage and we, we talk about it my son and i we have very deep and rich robust communications about race all the time because as a black man, you have to be able to discuss race. I mean, unlike any other time, it's more prevalent now. So we talk about that. And uh, he wants to know why people are protesting and why people are so angry at the police and uh, why they don't like us. And it's very difficult and sometimes to explain him that what's happening in the United States is not, this is incremental. This just didn't happen. George Floyd was the tipping point but if you look at the tea leaves, this has been going on ever since Ferguson. And it's just a point of now it's reached that, you know, that, that breaking point or that, that point now where we are in some instances losing our ability to consent to be policed. I mean, the public is really, you know, fighting us back. I think protest is just one form of it. Uh, about the country, pick a city. We're having some problems, you know. We think we got it bad. Imagine being a cop in Portland right now. Yeah, so uh, I do have those conversations. Oh, Chicago. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, I, I mean, pick a city. And we've mm -hmm. just been very lucky. So, yeah. And so we've just been very lucky. So, you know, as it comes to Black Lives Matter and those uh, groups, I think the problem is that we got two camps right now. We got the law and order camp and then we got the police brutality group. And so those are both 
opposite sides of the pole, but the truth is really in the middle. And we haven't gotten to that because if I mention law and order and the pe people talk about police brutality, don't want to talk about it. And if I talk about police brutality, the people in law and order don't want to talk about it. So we have to find a way to talk And that's what, you know, my challenge, that's what, as a champion parent, using your term, Lisa, uh, I push that down to my son and just have real conversations with him, you know, you know, unfiltered direct and allow him the ability to feed back and ask me questions about it. Yeah, so Lieutenant Rich, I just really want to say that I know um, it was an incident here in Detroit, and this we were in Detroit, where um, a police officer um, in self-defense, of course, we found out um, murdered, uh, uh, well, not murdered, I wouldn't say murdered, but a citizen was um, killed. And I remember yeah. that incident that happened. Um, yeah down Livernoy in Six Mile. And of course, I was just in the neighborhood. So of course, I'm just gonna ride by. <laughs> but it was now representation of Detroit yeah. residents. Yeah, but yeah, I really you know. wanna say that I really appreciate our chief. A lot of people say that, you know, some things about him, but I'm definitely appreciative of him for him putting the truth out there because it could yeah, have been yeah. a lot worse if he had waited weeks and weeks and weeks because no, yeah, Detroit yeah, was yeah, ready. We were ready to, yeah. um, non-Detroiters too, were ready to riot. But being that he was so prompt and he acted efficiently and put the information out there yeah. to, you know, subside that. But, you know, even with the protesters and, you know, we both can look at, I mean, you don't have to be right. Uh, Steve wanted to know that a lot of this is, you know, outside agitators, but mm -hmm. to me, it's always, you know, we, we work the street and it's always one thing when I used to work in uh, and Pack and probably say more about it in narcotics, you follow the money. Somebody's funding these protesters. They're not just getting up every day oh, and yeah, making the their life work. And so once you find out who's the source of the protesters, then you're able to control it. Like you said, we've just been like, you know, July, we, you know, had, you know, four officer involved shootings in which, uh, you know, three people were killed. And, um, and it's just a point, it's kind of like a wick and the police, we just keep blowing out the wick every time it gets closer to blowing up. Yeah. Like you mentioned, the chief did it. It's like a wick and the chief really, you know, I, I will I will say that he really got ahead of it and had them conversations with people because at the end, we have a, a, a segment of society that wants chaos and disorder. And it's like uh, plugging up a dike. You know, you put one finger here, then another one springs out. And so that's where we're at in policing. Like I mentioned, you know, Portland, you mentioned Chicago, Atlanta, uh, New York also have had their problems with that. So just, you know, it's an Arab Spring and policing where right now, you know, people are fighting, you know, uh, our ability to consent and we're really having problems and we're doing our best to try to respond in a way. And I am, I think we are lucky to have someone, you know, like Chief Craig at the helm because it could be different. Could have been a lot different. It could have been a lot different, but I just know as a teacher, well, I'm a former teacher, our students individually, I know my students individually, they're so uh, well-spoken, they're well-mannered, you can talk to them, but yeah. collectively when they get together, oh, they that bunch. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. rambunctious. So I just know that yeah. they're ready because, you know, they're probably sitting, having conversations, focusing on um, Ferguson, focusing on um, all the other, you know, uh, police um, issues. So they're just ready. Yeah. So anything that's remotely similar or they feel like it's similar, especially with yeah. the schools being there, they're just, you know, just ready. Yeah, yeah. right. Absolutely. Officer Franklin. Yes, the thing with Black Lives Matter, like I said, we do a lot of programs in the school um, at the second precinct. Um, and we have a program called Police Encounters. So we talk about the good, the bad and the ugly about the police. So we'll give the kids different scenarios of what they should do when they encounter the police. So, for example, we'll have, uh, we'll talk about um, a police shooting. So, during a police shooting, we'll talk about how everybody try to come together. Oh, you know what? They killed a black guy, another black guy. You know, everybody come together and start protesting. And we, you know, we'll tell the kids, okay, so every day um, in Chicago, we got black people killing black people. How come y'all not protesting about that? In Detroit. We got kids 15 and 16 killing each other every day. How come y'all not protesting about that? So the kids, you know, they'll get a dumb look on their face. Um, and then we'll explain, you know, sometimes we'll have an isolated incident where a police officer shoot and kill somebody, a black person. You know, a white officer might kill a black person, but we so quick to protest about that. But we killing each other each and every day and nobody protesting about that or saying anything. So we try to put that in our kids' heads 
um, in the middle school, and some of them do get it. So that's my take on the um, Black Lives Matter uh, movement. Okay. Okay. Um, and you are, you know, you brought up some uh, very interesting um, points. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about your choices and um, your families, um, just again, to, you know, bring some human, um, you know, some humanness, if that's for lack of a better word. Some relatable. Some relatable, you know, yes, definitely. You know, are from no Detroit and can relate to us to give us a accurate uh, summarization of what it is to be a good police officer. Right. To be a real police officer. Yeah. You know, yep. um, because apparently those who uh, took the lives of George Floyd and um, Ahmaud Arbery, um, apparently those aren't, you know, real, um, well, the other ones wasn't for they don't police. Represent, anyway. They don't represent us. They don't represent Absolutely. Exactly. So um, was there ever a time, and I know I'm jumping around, so just jump with me. <laughs> so was it ever a time that you wanted to do something different or you felt like, mm, hang, I made, you know, I should have did, or I should have done something different. <laughs> well, for me, oh, you know, um, one more thing, okay. I'm sorry, one more thing. So I know that, so just quickly, that question, but I want to also kind of add just to give it a little, you know, no, extra. So Lieutenant uh, Williams, Lieutenant Roche, Officer Franklin, Corporal Powell. Um, also, you know, was it something else within the department? Like, were you always a lieutenant? Were you always an officer? Was it different divisions you worked in? So both of those questions all together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, all right. Go ahead, Franklin. Okay. For me, I started off um, at the academy called the uh, Tactical Service Section. Um, in 98, that's where I started at. So pretty much um, TSS was a unit where we'll go and hit the hot areas, you know, looking for the guns and looking for the drugs, um, just doing different things, working seven to three, the power shift when most of the crime is happening. So we'll go to east side, west side, southwest side, wherever it was hot, that's where they sent us. So I did that until 2013. Um, and then after that, in 2015, I got in community relations, um, becoming a neighborhood police officer. And being a um, community police officer, you are more effective than actually doing patrolling. Because people come up to you more when you ride down the side streets, not just riding down the main streets. You know, for me, I ride down like the side streets. I'm down Steel, Sorrento, Montrose, you know, just riding down the residential street driving 10 miles an hour. Citizens flag you down, you get out your car, you talk to them, they'll give you some information, you slip them your card, they call you later on, give you some vital information. You pass that along to your special operations um, or your traffic people. Like a lot of people might have some problem with people speeding down the residential streets. Okay, Officer Franklin, could you help me? Okay, I leave them my car, they call me on my cell number. So I'll give it to the traffic enforcement officers. They'll go go over there for a couple of hours, enforce, you know, do some traffic enforcement. Then them citizens, they'll call you back. Thank you, Officer Franklin, for doing such and such. You know, you got to be effective. That's the thing. Okay. Uh, Corporal Powell. It looked like we better catch well, him when we can, Corporal Powell. No. <laughs> well, for me, I, I, I spent my whole career at the um, second precinct pretty much. I started out on patrol. I did um, video arraignment where we used to arraign all the prisoners at the precinct versus actually being at 36th District Court. Uh, when we became districts, I became a part of the administrative staff. So I did all admin paperwork. From the admin, I went to the compliance liaison officer, which is what I'm doing right now. Okay. Okay. Lieutenant Williams. Um, I started out as a police officer where we all do. And, and so I was at the precinct for a few years and then I just bounced around. I'm, I'm not going to go from place to place because the Lord knows I've been so many places, but um, yeah, Darwin knows Darwin and I, we worked together many years ago. So uh, I've been, I've been an investigator. So I got promoted to as an investigator and then I got promoted to sergeant. I was the sergeant for about five years. And then 2002, I got promoted to 
tenant. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So I've been, my background is investigations. I've been in disciplinary, um, recruiting, uh, medical section a couple of times, communications a couple of times, the precincts a couple of times, and of course for the assistant chief at one point. So I've been all over the department. So to ask, uh, to answer your question, um, did I ever want to do something else? There was no need for me to do anything else because the department has allowed me to do everything. You know, I never have gotten bored doing anything because when I got comfortable in one place, I was moved someplace else. So I never got bored with the police department. In fact, when I came on, I had an officer tell me back then, at that time, we, well, for um, supervisors, we have to work 25 years before we can retire. But back then they were saying, well, if you stay in any particular um, unit, precinct or whatever for five years, and then you move on, then by the time you will have your 25 years in, you will have worked five years, um, five different places, because you're not staying there long, uh, very long. For me, I'm averaging like three and a half years wherever I stay. And, uh, and so that has afforded me to just learn a lot, meet a lot of people and just uh, experience the best part of the department. So mm -hmm. I know I've never wanted to leave now, I do, but during my career, no, I've been fine. Okay, when you say you now you do, like you mean, uh, do you want to retire now right. or you want, right. okay, that's what you mean. Yeah. Okay. yeah, now it's time for me just to like hang out the handcuffs and, and do something else, you know, sit at home. 35 years yeah. is 35 years. It's time yeah, to stop. That's a long, yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> well, you look good. Thank you. Look good. <laughs> All right, Lieutenant Roche. Yeah, I mean, uh, believe it or not, Pat, my uh, career path is pretty much the same. I work for assistant chief. I work administration. Uh, I work every precinct, boots on the ground, with the exception of Southwest over number two. Uh, there has been times where I did want to kind of walk away from the job and do more of a, a religious-based God calling sort of work. But, uh, you know, I got bills. So, um, so yeah, I kind of uh, stuck with this for the long time. And um, and so what's important now is that, you know, it, it became a period of time, what, what Officer Franklin was mentioning, is that, you know, we've gotten away from that, that, that sort of policing where you had time to really go out and know your neighborhood. Uh, not just responding from police run to police run and stuff like that. And uh, that proves probably matter for someone really to go out and, and interact with the community and not being able to do so in a, in a non-confrontational atmosphere. Okay. Okay, so um, I'm interested to know how do you guys, uh, how do you connect uh, with your, with the community? And I know uh, Officer Franklin, I believe that you, I know you kind of already answered uh, pretty much that. Um, it, how do you connect with uh, the community and um, what, advice so this is you know here i go with a double question again so uh, uh, what advice would you have for the champion parents out there um when and darwin kind of touched on this earlier as well um but what advice would you have for the uh, champion parents when trying to uh encourage their children when um if they've ever been pulled over or just the potential of being pulled over um you know, how do you teach them how to interact um, with officers? And I'm gonna tell you what the question came about uh, a couple of years ago, Darwin and I, or L Lieutenant Roche and I had a conversation. And um, I believe you were saying that uh, you didn't want, you didn't think it was necessary to teach uh, children to be scared of the police, you know, um, but they, they need to understand um, their rights you know, but they also needed to understand how to judge the situation, how to act accordingly. You know, so, um, yeah, so that's my statement. Let's um, interject and just um, say something before you all respond. So I have a son, I have a 20 and a 21 year old. So um, when my sons began starting to drive and everything, I told them, and this is my honest response, me coming as a parent, I told them, do whatever it is, to make the police feel comfortable, you know, don't mm -hmm. do any sudden movements, no attitude, you know, just put yourself in a position where you're trying to make them feel comfortable. You don't want them to assault you, of course. You don't want them to do anything um, illegal towards you, but just make sure you feel, make sure you feel, um, make sure they feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you guys? Um, how do you feel about that? 
Well, my suggestion um, to the parents, you got to lead by example. Like if I pull over a parent, you know, yeah, you can't, if you got your kids in a car, don't be like, y'all don't got nothing better to do. <laughs> and then, you know, that that's what they'll say. And then they don't have a license in them. Oh, I don't have a license, but I have my ID. So you telling me that now, you know, I could lock you up, write you a ticket and impound your car. So the thing is with the parents, you got to lead by example. You know, if you ever, you know, parents got to explain if you ever pulled over, you know, just do what they say. Roll your windows down, put your hands on the wheel. Um, officer supposed to tell you why they stopping you. I walk up to the car, Officer Franklin, I stopped you because you went through the red light. Okay, so let me see a license, reg, and insurance. They'll comply. But a lot of times when we get that attitude, oh, y'all don't got nothing better to do. That's when we go, okay, we don't got nothing better to do, right? and write them a ticket because of the attitude. A lot of times people get tickets because of the attitude. A lot of times we're going to just advise you. Okay, well, just watch the light next time. But it's like when you get an attitude, you know, officers, we human. More likely you're going to get a ticket. Well, uh, Officer Franklin, I got tickets and I was, I'm sweet as uh, a sugar pie. <laughs> you know what? I've gotten out a lot of tickets by telling them I was a teacher. So they be like, oh, you're a teacher. Okay, well, slow down or whatever. So I've gotten off oh, a God. lot of warnings. Maybe like two or three times I got a ticket because I've, um, I still told them I was a teacher, but I got off a lot of times by telling them I was a teacher. I have never tried that. Dang, yeah. I'm going to have to use that next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look, April knows, y'all. <laughs> All right, so anybody else ha uh, have any uh, advice for uh, any? Yeah, yeah I got it. I got it. Okay. I yeah, and I'm sure an officer on this uh, can absolutely agree with what I'm about to say. Don't use us to scare your children. Yes, I hate it. Oh, I hate you it. ever sat in a restaurant yeah. and so Wait, say that again. Say it again. Over. Hey, you know, if you don't do right, we're going to love it. We, uh, okay, it. I'm going to say it again. Don't use us to scare your children. We sit in a <laughs> restaurant or somewhere and you drag your three or four year old up and say, hey, if you don't act right, they're going to put you in jail. And yeah. that happens. I know every officer has been through it. Oh. So number one, don't use us as you know, scare your kids. And then number two, it's a term called integrational socialization, which basically means, so I teach Darwin how to be a Tampa Bay fan. So like Officer Franklin had mentioned, you know, if you watch your parents talk to the police officer sideways, you're going to have that same level of, you know, discourse or disrespect. So, you know, lead by example. And also bring your kids to the community meetings. I mean, they're free. Uh, you can come to every precinct has community meetings. I don't know with the COVID now, it might be different, but you know, we need more encounters and our encounters need to be, you know, bring your kids to these meetings. And I know the sixth precinct is doing something right now with an ice cream truck that's going around delivering ice cream to the kids. So, you know, be more involved in your precinct, you know, who your, your commander are, who your shift people are, bring your kids there. Once the precincts open up, do that. And, you know, don't use it as fear. Realize, you know, your kids, you're the first teacher to your kids. And if you teach them that the police officers are bad, they're going to have uh, bad, you know, thoughts about us. And also, you know, get more involved in your local precinct community <laughs> meetings. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. Uh, that's a, a very good point. Um, just understanding, knowing what, what uh, precinct uh, you live near, uh, understanding or learning about the community events and getting to know uh, the people of the police department. So I, I definitely, I agree with that. I haven't really done it, but I agree with it. And I would say just teach them to respect the police because there's there's a big yeah, lack of respect yeah. for the police a lack a lack of authority period that falls for teachers you know anyone of a, yeah. a authoritarian figure because these kids yeah. are very disrespectful and i think it's a lot of it because it's at home yeah i've noticed yeah. just working in the skating rink where yeah. they'll call their mother to come check an officer instead of coming to find out what's going on they come mm -hmm. there to check an officer yeah. So just respect, just I know they do it in teachers all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, and I respect you all. How you gonna come and check yeah. the officer? Oh, oh the, happens, oh, the little girl says she's gonna get her mama up here to check me. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> oh, amen. Wow. Yeah, parents are interesting. I usually have gotten really good parents um, in my teaching career, so I never had a student like tell me they're going to get their parents and the parent actually come up. But I've seen parents come up to fight teachers, and I've seen yeah. parents come <laughs> and fight administrators. I've seen the parents come fight other students, but I wouldn't imagine a parent would try to check an officer. Okay. I wouldn't. Okay. It's believable. It happens. It happens. It happens. Mm-hmm. Wow. Bold. All right, Lieutenant Williams. No, I think they pretty much covered it. It's about respect. You know, they want us to respect them, but they have to respect us. And they have to understand that we're human. You know, we took the we took an oath to serve and protect. Yes. I said, but we are still human. You know, we all have kids, we all have bills to pay. You know, we want to go home at the end of our eight hours to see our families and do what we want to do. And they have to understand that we're human, you know, so you want to come up there and check an officer at a, at a skating rink, you know, then you want to get what you get, you know, because she's human, you know, don't come up there and, and think you're going to, you know, beat up with somebody, a police officer, because we're human first. This is our job, but we are people and people need to understand that. That's right. And respect and you know is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, uh, so Miss April and myself, we both are uh, educators. And um, it's funny because I remember having uh, these conversations with other educators and, and students. And, you know, like I always tell uh, my students, like I grew up over by Central High School. I went to Cody for high school, but I went to Durfee and Roosevelt, you know, so I'm like, I'm, I come from, you know, people just like <laughs> you do, you know, and we are human. Uh, we are human. And, uh, you know, uh, parents definitely need to make sure that their children are respecting. I, you know, anytime I hear a situation with either one of my kids, you know, I'm not always asking, well, what did the other kid do to him? You know, I don't, I don't ask that question. I just try to figure out what happened. I talk to my son, I'll talk to the teacher or whatever, my daughter as well. But I also try to, you know, um, I definitely listen to, listen, you know, to the teacher um, just to try to get, you know, a better perspective. Um, so I definitely agree with uh, with everything that yeah, you I do are. like what Officer Franklin said. We, as parents, we do have to provide a model for our kids. Yes. Our kids would absolutely follow us and listen to what we do. I mean, and look at what we do and also not necessarily listen to what we say, but they'll look at what we do. So if we provide a good model for them, they're, um, they'll follow that. Okay. Okay, so lastly, um, I am wondering, um, you know, what what is going on uh, right now um, as far as the conversations uh, with your colleagues? Uh, what are the conversations uh, that are that are going on? How um, and I'm, I would imagine that most of the people you talk to probably kind of you all kind of share a lot of similar uh, thoughts and um, feelings about everything. And then, um, so I just want to know what can we um, look forward to? Um, just some positive, you know, some positive notes uh, that we can look forward to. Some positive advice. Um, do, are you working on any special projects? Mm-hmm. Going any special places? Yeah. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Well, well what, me, what did your shirt say, um, Lieutenant Roche? Oh, Darwin loves you. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we I love you too, Darwin. Darwin. That's nice. Thank you. But we love you too. Good, good. <laughs> you know, you got to spread. You definitely do have to spread. You have to spread love. You have to, uh, yeah. you know, be respectful and treat people. I, I always feel like treat people the way that you want them to, you know, yes. to treat you. You know, and um, yeah, we definitely got to be positive. Yeah, like um, Miss Lisa said, treat people how you want to be treat you. But it also be positive, optimistic, and spread love. You know, just stay away from negativity and hate. You know, and be you know happy and prosperous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you guys came on. Um, uh, first of all, I have to thank our champion uh, viewers, uh, those that are watching. Thank you uh, so much. Uh, for uh, tuning in. Um, I couldn't 
my my feed went away so i couldn't get to any questions i don't know why i don't see any questions or anything no, we not... didn't really have that many questions i was checking we just have okay. a Dorothy williams says hi mommy talk of course our champion parent miss dorothy morden um she did say i think protest is for right reasons but some of the people doing wrong things like looting burning fighting etc yeah and then she said you know make sure we stay make sure the police officers are safe and thank you all for coming on yeah yes and hi, uh, I see Nicole Corbin saying hello as well. Um, hi, Nicole, and thank you for tuning in. Yeah, she did say good yeah. evening. I missed over that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before uh, Miss April closes out, I, I I just need you all to know, you know, when I ask people to do things, I'm always asking for a purpose. So one day the schools will be open again, and I am going to call on you to uh, come talk to my students and. Um, the student, my student population uh, that I work with, I do try to introduce different uh, fields. Everything, uh, a lot of times when schools have career days, um, it's always about um, fields to go in where you have to go to college or, you know, it's just different things. So I wanted to offer, you know, just different things. Um, I know the police department could definitely uh, use uh, good people, you know, a constant flow of good people. So um, I think it's important that we introduce all these things to uh, children. And again, I, I uh, agree with what you said about not using uh, law enforcement to scare your children. I've never done that. <laughs> yeah, it happened. I, I tried one time. I was like, you, what, you, do you need me to take you to the police office? Would you? I, I did. But we never you know, made yeah. it. I think I threatened. But, I, but you yeah, know, I, I said this. Did that. I said <laughs> this. I said this to one parent. She came into the precinct, and I told her, you know, her, her kid was incorrigible. I think she was running away. Had a boyfriend, and I said, "Man, if I could solve a problem that took you 13 years to make in 30 seconds." I wouldn't be here. I'll be somewhere yes. world peace and doing something like that. So if any advice, uh, don't wait till your kids get to that point of incorrigibility. Reach out to us and try, you know, you know, at the tip for the fear we can get maybe facilitate some help. Because sometimes when the parents bring in the kids, I mean, it's been so far gone that, you know, at this point, and we definitely don't want, I don't think anybody here from a law enforcement standpoint, ever got on this job to arrest anybody. No one said, I just want to get on the job to arrest people. We do it because we care. We do it because it's our calling. But we, if we can find ways to be more preventive, to prevent the kids from getting into the system, then that's, you know, it, but it takes a village. So, um, but yeah, definitely don't use us to scare, scare your children. That, that's definitely not a good start. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And so please, everyone exercise your right to vote. Make sure Please. Census. Yes. Yes. Vote. Complete your census. Be safe. Wear your mask. Use hand sanitizer. Remember to practice effective social distancing. Thank you. I want. Thank you, everyone. Excuse me for an awesome interview. And to our wonderful Detroit police officers, we definitely appreciate you. Thank you. We also thank, thank all you. of our Facebook Live audience for tuning in to Mommy Talk. Continue to visit our website and on our social media platforms at M O M M I E Talk network until next time champion parents later all right good night thank you thank you so much and i will be calling um i will be uh and uh, officer franklin i saved your number he's the man he's the man neighborhood officer yes sir